potential trade partners for Evgeny Kuznetsov next on Locked On Caps. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And I would love to talk Capitals hockey with you one on one. So join me on subtext so we can do that. There's more information in the show notes. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about three teams that would be potential trading partners for Evgeny Kuznetsov. What do we know about Evgeny Kuznetsov? Is there was that piece about a week or so ago saying that he wanted out of D.C. So if he was to leave D.C., where would he go? Who would we trade with and what would we get in return? We'll talk about that in the show. Then we will talk about what prospects down in Hershey will probably most likely get their opportunity next year. And then in the final segment, we will talk about jerseys. I know it's an odd thing to talk about, but the jerseys and who's going to be making them in years to come has been all a buzz on the internet. So I'll talk a little bit about that in the closing segment. But just to get it going here, talking about Evgeny Kuznetsov and uh, what was spoke about about a week or so ago about how Kuznetsov wants out of D.C. He's discontent here because he doesn't think he's getting enough playing time, that kind of thing. And uh, if that came to to fact, you know, where would where would he go? And uh, I think that, you know, there's ultimately going to be quite a few teams that would be vying for his services. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that Evgeny Kuznetsov is a good hockey player sometimes. I mean, he's really good at the shootout, but there's some times where he's really hot and he's really cold. And what is one of the things I talk about on this show all the time is this team needs to get better And how are they going to get better if it's the same lineup next year? Well, you could start with Evgeny Kuznetsov. If he wants out, I think that ultimately the capital should honor his request. This was a piece in the Hockey Writers, and they picked three teams, and I'll give you my thoughts on on their assessment, about uh, three trade partners uh, that the Capitals could be with for trading Kuznetsov out of D.C. Uh, There's always a risk in making a trade with a divisional rival, but the Carolina Hurricanes are a team who likely will join the Kuznetsov sweepstakes. After losing Vincent Trocek, they have had a trouble finding a replacement for him at the second-line center position. Uh, players like Jess Barry Kakanemi and Paul Statsny have not been the answer at the second center role, but Kuznetsov surely would be. I mean, I guess um, sometimes a change of scenery does a good thing. I mean, take a look at Jacob Verana. I mean, I know that he struggled with the Caps to a certain extent. He struggled with Detroit with a myriad of different injuries, but has seemed to find a home uh, with the St. Louis Blues. Could a change of you know, zip code help uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Could a different coach squeeze more juice out of that orange? 
potentially. And Carolina would be a tough one, like they talked about. It is a divisional rival. But we know that Carolina is all in on winning. It seems like it's plausible to me. Kuznetsov would fit nicely in the Hurricanes' second-line center role if acquired. As he had been an excellent top-six center throughout his career, he would give the Hurricanes' power play a much-needed boost next season as it would be adding a skilled playmaker to it. He also could be the player that helps young forwards like Kotkaniemi and Jesse Pugliarvi become bigger offensive threats because of how he creates offense. So then talking about the return, what kind of return? Cause that's ultimately what it's about. You know, you know what kind of proofreading some of this stuff and reading it over before the show, it's all about draft picks. And I know that's draft capital that you could flip for uh, different players, but I want NHL ready players right now, at least some of them. I don't want just all draft capital. So what could Carolina offer in return beside their 2023 first round pick and 2024 third round pick? The Hurricanes would also need to include a player like Scott Morrow in this move. The 20-year-old defenseman is believed to have top four potential, and he will be coming off another great season with UMass Amherst in 30 five games this season the six foot two right shot defenseman had nine goals and 22 assists so another future player um we are building for the future i talk about all the time how this team needs to get younger definitely fits that narrative but um i think that we need to sprinkle in some talent i don't want this team to wander in the wilderness for years trying to find its way so Definitely a possibility. So what's another team out there? The St. Louis Blues. The Blues also stand out as a possible landing spot for Kuznetsov. They sh- they look to add a top six center to their group this summer. They traded away Ryan O'Reilly to the Maple Leafs before the deadline passed. Acquiring Kuznetsov would provide them with just that. So this could be an avenue worth exploring. This is especially so when noting the Blues are aiming to be competitive next season. Um Of course, the Blues are struggling this season. They've kind of lost their way since uh, a few years ago when they were making their push for the Cup there. So what kind of return could they get? Like the Avalanche and Hurricanes, Kuznetsov would be a perfect fit at the second line center for the Blues. Seems like that is always where they people envision him. The Blues could part ways with either Maple Leafs first round pick or New York Rangers first round pick to land Kuznetsov. They would also need to add their 2024 third round pick and prospect like Jake Neighbors to finalize this move. Neighbors has the potential to become a top six forward in the NHL so he would make a lot of sense for the Capitals in 38 games this season with St. Louis. The 2020 first round pick has five goals and four assists. I do like that. Just looking at his stats, that sounds promising. It fits the narrative of wanting to get younger. Um, I do like it. And I think that that is a possible solution. Um, And then, you know, it, it, one of the other teams that was mentioned on here as well is the top one. The prime landing spot is the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche standout is a prime landing spot for Kuznetsov. Ever since they lost Nazem Kadri through free agency this past offseason, they have needed a legitimate top six center, and Kuznetsov would provide them with just that. If the Avalanche acquired Kuznetsov this offseason, he would be a perfect second-line center for them. The idea of him centering a line with Gabriel Landis and uh, Aturi Lekanen sounds like a lethal thing on paper with that. Kuznetsov would also give them another star on their power play to work with as he is excellent at creating plays and distributing the puck. And, um, you know, one of the things that I hate more than anything is that when, well, you know, I always say I wish a player well if they move on, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it irks me when they move on from the caps and then they go on and kill it on the other team. And you think to yourself the whole time, 
Where was that on the Capitals? Why were you so hot and cold here and you moved out to this other team and destroyed it? Um, th- those are always the frustrating things as, as a fan of the team, of course. But what kind of return could he yield if the Caps retain a portion of Kuznetsov's 7.8 mil cap hit? This is certainly an avenue the Avalanche could be open to. His contract also does not end until the completion of 2425. So he would be more than a rental for them. As a result, the Avalanche would likely need to part ways with their 23 first-round pick, 25 third-round pick, and a notable prospect like Sean Behrens to get the deal finalized. So his deal is through 24-25. Do I see the Caps re-signing him to a new deal, or should the Capitals move on while they still you know, hold on to his rights. And I know that there's, uh, you know, a movement clause in his contract, so it's a little complicated. And just to tease you guys on this a little bit for tomorrow's show to wrap up this segment. So anyway, for for the Avalanche, it is a potential. Um, I I do think that I like the offering of the St. Louis Blues the best. First round pick, it sounds the most intriguing. But on tomorrow's show, it should be tomorrow's show, is on this show, I speak of all the time that the Capitals should not be afraid of of moving someone big to get someone big. And someone asked me, they're like, well, who is that player, Dan? You know, when I was really pushed on it, who is that player? And as U.S. Caps fans, who is that really? We we speak about all the time that we need to make these big changes, but we know we're going to have to give up players. What players... Are you really willing to part with? Tom Wilson is due for a new contract next year. Would the Capitals ever be willing to part with Tom Wilson? And an intriguing thing for me, more than anything, is the netminding department. Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, but what do the Capitals have in spades? Netminders. And I know that a couple of them are UFAs, but that could change. You have Zach Fucali and Hunter Shepard. We know the new acquisition that they signed, uh, Mitchell Gibson. Uh, they have... Um, uh, plenty of options down in Hershey. They have plenty of options uh, down with the Stingrays. Uh, and, and would they be willing to to move Clay Stevenson and Garen Bjorklund? I mean, I know some of those players aren't ready for prime time yet, but we always hear that they should they should be willing to move a big player to get someone. But if pressed, who would Brian McClellan ultimately be willing to move to better this team? Would he entertain the idea of trading a Tom Wilson? Seems crazy to me. I love Tom Wilson, but if we're really committed to making this team better, would Brian McClellan entertain that? How about Backstrom? Let's face it, he's on the back nine of his career in hockey. Would they ever be willing to trade Nick Backstrom because of the diminishing returns that they're seeing in him? I know that he's he's played pretty well, you know, uh, in, in certain roles. And I know he's been bounced around in and out, trying to find different spots and different lineups, you know, in top line, second line, trying to find a role. But that's the one thing. And, you know, people, you know, automatically, when I, I mentioned a couple names, they're like, Dan, that's crazy. Who are you going to part with to get that big, big name player? I mean, who do we have in capital? We have Connor Sherry. We have um, Craig Smith. We don't have anyone that is, you know, a UFA at the end of this season that is going to to uh, to come back and really help this team. I'm resigned to the fact that those guys are out there. So a little bit of a teaser for you guys there on tomorrow, and something to think about at Dan Caps two and eight or. Um, at Locked On Caps, hit me with your thoughts. We always talk about, you know, we got to be willing to do anything to better this team. Really? Do you really mean that? Would you really move on from Wilson? Would you move on from Kemper or Lindgren or or Backstrom to better this team? How invested are you? How invested is Brian McClellan in making this team better? 
crazy thoughts out there. We need crazy to help figure this team. Don't get me wrong. I love Wilson. I want him on this team. But how crazy is Brian McClellan willing to get in this offseason? It is a bit thought-provoking. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about what prospects down in Hershey, what young players are ready for their break, and which ones are going to be ready by next year. We'll talk about that after the break. frustrating things I'm going to talk about. Our next partner here is GameTime. GameTime.co is finding tickets when you need them. If it's a concert, if it's a sporting event, trying to find tickets is difficult. That is why you need GameTime.co. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is fast and easy in a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Sometimes that ruins for me. I want the tickets, and then sometimes I go, they're not available. That is why you need GameTime.co. What are some of the things about GameTime app experience examples? Flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection. So, here's the big thing here. Snake the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment here, we're going to talk about the piece in the athletic here where they were talking about what players in Hershey, uh, down in the farm, on the farm there, are going to be ready most likely next season. And I'm not going to read through all of them, but I will read through the top tier players and players that I think are the most intriguing. So tier one in the athletic, potentially on the Caps roster, Beck Malenstein. We're familiar with Big Beck Malenstein, a big big guy out there that uh, had his finger broken when he was playing out there, kind of diving in front of a puck. I do like Beck Malenstein's game. He has a bit of a physicality to it. I like it. Does Beck Malenstein get his big break next season? The 25-year-old has seen spot duty in D.C. the past few seasons, racking up two goals and assists in 20 games. The cap-conscious caps figure to be on the lookout for an affordable bottom six winger who could serve as the number 13 or 14 forward, so I'd expect Malenstein, who has a one-way contract next season, to be in the mix with Snively and others. And what was his take uh, in the athletic here? When he's gotten into the NHL games, he's played well, had some bad luck with a block shot resulting in a broken finger. With guys like him, the question is always, can he do it for 20 or 30 games? He's never really had the opportunity to stay around that long, so if he does, that will be the question. For me, I do think Beck Malenstein fits that role. Um, I see him playing on the fourth line because I saw what he brought to this team um, before he broke his finger. Everything was going along so smoothly 
And then he broke his finger, and of course, that was derailed. So I do think, so then, of course, the question is, is where does Alexi Protus go? That kind of thing. And who, you know, if someone comes in, someone it was, must be removed. Tough question for the Capitals. Someone's got to come out of the lineup to make room for these players that are going to get inserted. Um, so another one. Connor McMichael, an absolute lightning rod on this team. Anytime I bring him up, he uh, there's a lot of opinions about his future. I ultimately think that next year is the perfect time to give Connor McMichael his opportunity and an extended look. Uh, we know what we have out on the ice right now this season. It is not cutting it, and I don't want Connor McMichael to get just a taste next season. I want him. To, I want the Caps if they're going to do it. If Connor McMichael is who they perceive to be the guy, then let's make him the guy. Let's go all in on Connor McMichael and see what he has in the tank. We hear how great of a player he is, and then they just put him in for a game or two. Eh, doesn't live up to potential. Down to Hershey you go. Subsequently, he is killing it down in Hershey. Next year is the year for Connor McMichael. I'm putting my stamp on it if I had any power as a GM next year. So, after spending 21-22 in D.C. and making the caps out of camp this season, the decision was made to send the 19 first rounder to AHL Hershey where he could play big minutes in all situations. Lately he's been a top player for the postseason bound Bears, racking up three goals and seven assists in the last 11 games. The big question always has been this for next year is the one that he's always faced. Which level is the best for his development and is the center or a wing at the next level? So I, ultimately, I think that, you know, the center is his native position. I think that's where he plays the best. The tough thing is now, if Connor Michael, McMichael goes in, who comes out? Strom, is he going to go out? Backstrom, is he going to go out? Who's going to come out? Is Kuznetsov, if he's next year, is he going to go out? Nick Dowd? Who's coming out of the lineup to make Connor McMichael go in? It just really kind of makes you think, you know, we want these young players in there. Who is getting subtracted to put Connor McMichael in? Tough question. Um, who's going to come out? It's a tough thing. Tough thing. Strom got a new deal. Uh, Kuznetsov seems to be the likely person if they, in fact, move on from him. That is what I'm going with right now as we speak. So uh, the, the writer's piece, what he was thinking, the coaching staff did a great job of getting him confident in the game and giving him a role. He's been playing center. They've also had him killing penalties which gets him more ice time and some experience that could be beneficial at the NHL level, especially if he's not on the first or second power play units. The next step for him is increasing his strength so that he can fight through battles on the wall and fight through the sticks so that he can get his shot at the NHL level. And uh, that's one of the things that I hear about him all the time is that, you know, he's not big enough and he's worked on bulking up in the off season. And it seems like he came into camp this last season with the right headspace. It just didn't materialize on the ice. But for me, if I'm the GM, if I, they make me the GM tomorrow, they're not. But if they did, I'd put the stamp on going all in on Connor McMichael uh, next year, as long as he's healthy in camp and he impresses. You can't, you can't be wishy-washy with, with him anymore. We're all either all in, or I'm going to say something crazy, then get him out of here. That's my big thing. Be all in on him or move him out of here. Um, if you love him, you got to let him go, like they say. So if he doesn't have a role on the Capitals starting on the big team next year, either put him on there or get him out of here. I'm, I'm tired of, of just kind of, you know, next year. No, next year, no. But next year, no. Next year is going to be the year for Connor McMichael or ship him out. That is my assessment on it. I know it's a bit harsh, but some tough love is what is needed for this Caps team. So, scrolling it down a little bit here. Vincent Iorio, we know, I think he has a good opportunity. For me, Ethan Frank 
is intriguing. We see that he is killing it, and this guy kind of is just impressing on all kinds of different levels. I like Ethan Frank and how they review him or revere him as a call-up next season. Could be. I know that sometimes killing it in the AHL doesn't always translate to the NHL, but I am very intrigued by Ethan Frank. What a story. The former Western Michigan University standout signed a minor league deal with the Bears and proceeded to light up the AHL, scoring 27 goals and 19 assists in 56 games. It earned the 5'11", 178-pound winger a trip to the AHL All-Star Game, but more importantly, an NHL deal with the Caps that begins next season. The 25-year-old figures to be in the mix for spot duty in the 23-24 season. Interesting. Not a lot of guys come in and score as many goals as he did in the rookie year, writes the Athletic, uh, that aren't first-round picks. For me, with a smaller guy, it's difficult to project how they'll be in the NHL until you actually see it. He's very fast. He's solidly built, and he's got a hard shot. He got enough things going for him that it's not unrealistic to think he could be a good fit in the NHL. Now he's got to wait for his opportunity. When will that opportunity be next year? Will it be next year? It's a bit premature. I know that what I've seen of him, I'm very impressed. I do think that um, it's a possibility that we see him in there. Um, you know, at least a spot call up, like they said next year, to see what he has, or if he really excels, kind of like an Alexi Prota, say he lights it up in the preseason. We got to stop being non-committal about these players, and it's my belief that there'll be a different head coach next year. Will we get more of a, um, you know a, an ability to to want to play younger players? I mean, they do it all throughout the NHL, but for whatever reason, Laviolette before him, Trotz have always been reluctant to go in with the young players. The next coach has got to be willing to give the young guys a shot if this team you know, wants to go in the direction of the rest of the NHL, which is young and fast and not old and slow. That's what the Caps have got to do, and I think they're going to do it. So after the break here, we're going to talk about the jersey situation in the NHL. The jersey situation, what are you talking about? Uh, you know, what I'm talking about is there's going to be a new manufacturer next year for jerseys in the NHL, and it's not one of the big names that you would expect Let's talk about what that means to the NHL and the Capitals after the break. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise on taste, then, man, I've got the thing for you. you got to try a Built Bar with Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. So what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. And I've spoke on this show for the longest time about how you can get these at Built.com, and you still can. But now you can get them at your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right, head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, my favorite double chocolate or coconut puffs, if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Welcome back into this edition 
of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So there's been a bit of a buzz about an interesting thing in the NHL. This was in the hockey news. They were talking about it, about the manufacture of the hockey jerseys for the NHL coming up. And it's going to be interesting. Is it going to be Nike? No. Or Nike? Nope. Is it going to be Adidas? Nope. Is it going to be, you know, any of the Under Armour? No, 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 none. No to all of those. It is going to be by Fanatics, if you can believe that. And uh, it kind of makes me draw into question which direction is the National Hockey League going in if we are going down to the level of fanatics? And one of the things that they clarify in this article, and this kind of bears repeating, um, just for you know continuity uh, sake, this jersey but over my shoulder here is a fanatics jersey. Why? I got it for around $100. Why did I do it? Well, I've got kids. I've got a lot of responsibilities. I'm a 45-year-old guy. I don't got money to be spending $350 on an authentic NHL jersey. This is a Tom Wilson Fanatics jersey, and it fits my purposes. I like Tom Wilson. I like the jersey. Can I tell the difference between this one and an authentic NHL jersey? Absolutely. But for my purposes, it's enough. So one of the things they talk about in the article here is the difference between authentic Authentic replica and replica. This is a replica here. So this is, or authentic replica perhaps. It is not anywhere near what the guys wear out on the ice. And do I care? Not really because I'm not going to put on skates and hit the ice with the Capitals anytime soon. Um, and that, that would not be good for anyone. It would be kind of a fun story to talk about with you guys on the show, but that's not going to be the case. And the guy in this article talks about it. He used to be one of the big shots for for Bauer here. It was an interesting when I spoke, he was a former chairman of Bauer and he kind of talks about the difference, um, talking about fanatics here. One of the things he says in, in here is he says, I have been sitting back and watching some of the criticism fanatics has received after the announcement of their new partnership with the NHL. The complaints seem to stem from the quick turn products, primarily t-shirts that fanatics is making to satisfy the real time de demands of fans. Remember, less than 10 years ago, if you wanted a jersey or a product for a player that just got drafted, was traded to your team, or was having a breakout season, you were waiting weeks, if not months. That's not the case anymore. Fanatics completely transformed the industry to help satisfy the growing um, uh, instantaneous nature of wanting uh, jerseys right away. This has been an incredible benefit to sports fans, and even if the complaints, many being randomly thrown around social, social media, have merit, they represent 0.0001% of total amount of products that Fanatic sells each year, which is way below the normal product's defect tolerance level. So things to consider, you know, again, I look at this jersey, I have no problems with it. I can just tell the stitching, the fabric, the, the thickness, uh, the, the embroidering of the letters, it's, it's not an authentic jersey. I have an Ovechkin one here that is an Adidas one. I have uh, a Holpe one that's also an, an, an Adidas one as well, or Reebok, excuse me. Um, so 
There is a difference when you look at them, of course. But, you know, for your average fan, I mean, if I had disposable income, I still don't know if I'd throw around 350 bucks for an authentic jersey. And that was authentic, you know, years ago. I have no idea how much they go for now. But for years ago, when I was looking at jerseys, I was looking at getting an Ovechkin one. It was $350 for kind of like what they wear out on the ice. I don't got that kind of money. What particularly caught my attention was all the comments were really comparing apples to oranges. The NHL on-ice uniform and authentic jerseys at retail will be all made in Canada by SP Apparel in Quebec. None of the items mentioned in the article, some more editorially questionable than others, were made in Canada. Perhaps it has is because I have factories in Canada that make hockey equipment and other items that these comments these comments get under my skin. So this is a guy that manufactured stuff in Canada, but it's also because Fanatics has an overall excellent reputation of all their pro and retail product lines across all sports, especially the NFL and MLB. They have been making authentic jerseys for both fans and players for years with the Nike swoosh on them. You haven't seen many complaints about those products. For that extremely small percentage of instances where a t-shirt does not perform, I am telling you that even Bauer made products that didn't perform, but that didn't stop people from lining up to get their hands on more great quality Bauer products. So that is my take on it. And, you know, kind of an interesting thing to talk about, but I am talking to Capitals fans. I am talking to NHL fans. In my assessment, there is different tiers of products that you can get out there. So all the disparaging things that I heard about uh, Fanatics gear, I, I I I have not experienced this. Now look at this. This right here is an embro- this is like steamed on. This is not even embroidered letters or anything on here. But again, for my purposes here, it's good enough. Um, I again, I think I spent around a hundred dollars on it a couple years ago. I'm Tom, I'm a big Tom Wilson fan, so this is a good Tom Wilson jersey for me to have. So for me, it's good enough. But if you want to spend a lot of money and get an authentic jersey or you know an authentic replica, whatever you know terms you want to use, they are available. You're just going to have to shell out the money for them. But, you know, uh, the thing that I like about the Fanatics things is, you know, one of the things they talked about is making them ready. If you want a Connor Bedard jersey right now, you could probably do it. Or as soon as he's signed to his NHL contract, uh, whoever that may be, um, you're probably going to be, you know, the, the moment that he signs with his team, you'll probably be able to get a Connor Bedard Blackhawks or a Blue Jackets jersey in short order. That is what's kind of cool about um, their jerseys and uh, that kind of thing. So just kind of keeping everything in perspective and some positivity about the product line and, you know, repping your favorite Capitals gear out here. It doesn't always need to cost you an arm and a leg. All right. So once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Yes, we are already coming to the time of the season where we're talking about who's coming and who's going in tomorrow's show. I hope will be a good one for you as I talk about Who is going to move on from this team? The tough moves that I talk about. Are you really in for the tough moves out there? We'll talk about that. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. Now make your second listen. Locked On Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Locked On Game to Game NHL available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. When you're using your favorite podcatcher, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, make sure and hit that follow or subscribe button. Then head on over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button so we can get those subscribers up, up, up. 
and I have you guys to thank. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.